All right, on this week's Thoughts from the Shade, we are joined by Philadelphia's number one golf instructor, Michael Dinda, live from Los Angeles Country Club, ahead of this weekend's U.S. Open. I will look back on what was the NBA Finals. We got bones with Baby Gronk and T-Mac again. Here we go. We're back, episode 97 of Thoughts from the Shade, the Jeremy Roenick episode, the JR episode, Bomb. What do you think about that? I like that. A little, little, little hockey. You know, we got into a little hockey last week. They're, they're bringing on Patrick Sharp, the handsome young man from Chicago, who everyone says is a, a former flyer, but spent most of his career with the Blackhawks and, and won a Stanley Cup in our building with, with the other team, but... He's a retread man, but we'll we'll, we'll save that. Um, I guess we just got to get get right into it before we we bring on uh, bring on our guest. Uh, but first, I mean, just some some happenings in, in the Philly area this week. We had ninety five, you know, demolished, crumbled, uh, and then I heard this morning. Well, I didn't hear. I, I read this, but I wanted to get your thoughts, Pom. Nick Castellanos was on, I, I believe it was the Fanatic. He was on with somebody. It might have been the Cuz. We know the Cuz loves the songs, playing the songs. Nick Castellanos said after they got back on track a little bit against the Nats here recently that they started pumping last year's playlist again and that Dancing on My Own is back in the rotation. Yeah, I mean, I know I know we stand uh, pretty much in – in solitude and saying that songs need to be retired and the meek needs to be retired and this and that. But if it gets you going, it gets you going. I mean, that playlist is a vibe. Yeah, it's gas. And like they're, they're, they're playing a little better. Obviously they, uh, they took the yell late last night in Arizona, uh, got spanked, uh, the one game by the Dodgers nine zip showed no life. But yeah, if it's gonna if it's gonna bring the vibes up, and Schwarber is gonna have a hoagie fest in June, and we're gonna get back in this race, I'm all for it. I know, I know, we we killed it before. Maybe I won't say we. I'll say I killed it. I said it's gotta it's gotta die with last year. But you know, we could be wrong, and, and we can we can look back and, and turn around on something. And I think uh, if it's good vibes and it's bringing dubs, let's let's pump it back up. So, uh, any thoughts on on dear old ninety five? Wouldn't be shocked if it's an inside job. Scepter ridership down big, trying to find a way to fund Scepter. 95 collapses, and next thing you know, I Scepter Philly's tweeting out, guess what, guys? We got an extra three trains running from this place to that place. I mean, you know, if somebody calls out at a restaurant or a Walmart, like, uh, you know, on a Friday night, the fucking store's shut down. Oh, we don't have enough workers, but Scepter's magically pulling three trains out of their ass. They're they're help, they're helping the cause, man. But I guess I, the big the big talk the big talking point on all the shows has been over under how long on the job how long is it gonna take. I wouldn't put much stock into uh, into it getting done anytime soon. But it's gonna be tough. We talked about the the gas prices last week and and Saudi you know PIF and everything like that and affordable rides to the shore now we're, we're gonna have detours it's gonna this is gonna impact the you know summer travel bomb you getting down to the phillies 
you know, with the season ticket plan, it, it ain't right. It's not good. Going to have to find find alternate routes. Got to go helicopter here soon. <laughs> yeah, just need the pod to take off. We'll get that, that PJ going. Uh, NBA Finals wrapped up last night. Jokic, the Joker, and the Denver Nuggets took down Jimmy Buckets and, and our boy Bam Spolstra and the Miami Heat. Four games to one and what was a pretty pretty dramatic pretty back and forth game five there in Denver uh but but good for the Joker he doesn't get the MVP award this season that obviously goes to our guy Joe uh but just to rub it in everybody's face Joker says I'm gonna get the real ring I'm gonna get the real hardware and he goes and wins the final so just how it works out in this town I mean bomb any any takeaways from the finals no, I mean, I saw two teams out there that didn't have an MVP caliber player or an MVP on the floor. Um, I mean, you saw Miami just kind of wilter. Um, you know, Butler, in spite of the little surge at the end, a bad, a bad turnover at the end of that game, but ultimately just shorthanded. And the Nuggets, I mean, you know, Jokic sputtered down the stretch in the regular season. He lost a lot of weight, wanted to be ready to go for the playoffs, didn't want to be out of shape. But again, he... In my opinion, he didn't play good basketball at the end of the regular season, so I'm glad that the voters were able to, you know, vote and and pick the right MVP. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, he's got a better team than Joel has, okay? I mean, if Joel had a guy like Jamal Murray, if Joel had some of these other pieces and parts, it's unbelievable. I'd say, the you know, in closing, I think in looking at the Nuggets, in looking at Jokic, his family... You know, in in the in the uh, uh, foreign jersey, the big Serbian jersey, right? Um, I, I think we need a we need to find a guy to stash, or maybe ten. I'm a back in on the stash. I don't know how we find a stash guy, but the next guy we stash, we got to find like a stash prospect that has like a family like Jokic. Like you got to go recruit the family, see what the brothers look like, see what the wife looks like. The whole family's going to come. We're going to stash them all, and then we're going to bring them here, and that's how you win a finals. He was all class after that win, too. He was dapping up all the Heat guys, you know, seeking them out and not celebrating too hard, and then it didn't look like he was going too ham in the locker room and, and the presser. They're asking him about the parade, and it's Thursday, and he's like, I, I, I got to get the hell home. Like, he, he wasn't interested in the in the festivities. He, I think he literally said, I think it's Lisa Salter's, like, on the court post game. He's like, yeah – the job's done now. We can go home. Like they, they talked about the job and it not being finished and everything like that. Cliche, but then they win and it's not even like emotional for him. He's just like, yeah, job's done. Time to go home. Doesn't want to party or celebrate. Um, but I, I, it did stand out to me that he was, you know, a good sport afterward, not going too crazy and, and uh, shaking hands with a lot of the heat guys. But you talk about a stash. Yeah. Jokic, I believe a second round pick 40 something overall, uh, you know, really not on the Sixers radar with, with the tank and got to be in the lottery, got to be in the top five, got to be bad to be good. And, you know, you got to, if you're bad, you're, you're out a winning team, all that total nonsense. But yeah, where's, where's Dario Sarge's like little brother. We can stash him and, and ask when he's coming over for another five years. Luigi. I didn't see Luigi. <laughs> Do <Dewey-G. laughs> Dude, it's funny too. I saw, um, just to, to be on, like, the basketball Sixers topic a little bit. Did you see any of this Glenn Rivers stuff on the Bill Simmons podcast? <laughs> no. Is he, on the, is he on his pod, like, probably, what, crying? He So he talked about 
James Harden first and like can the Sixers win with James Harden or was it tough to coach James Harden and he was like saying something about why I respect James and he's a great player but I think the way that he plays like the way he plays doesn't align with how I think you win in basketball so we had a coach in Glenn Rivers who's notorious for choking and then we had a guy in James Harden who can never get over the hump like neither of them have the right right way to do it and those those were like our two guys so now we're just back to James and then he said something about Embiid and I I I just saw this before you hopped on and I wanted to bring it up talks about his health uh and then you'll like this he talked about we also forget his first two years he didn't play and I'm telling you that that sets a tone like when you miss two years and you're sitting there all the time and you get used to not playing in games. That sets the tone. Ben Simmons went through the same thing, missed the first year, and so on and so forth. So, like, I feel like you've talked about that before, how long the process took and the, the tone that it sets. And, like, they were posting it on Twitter, and I, and I responded on Twitter, like, wow, what a shocking re- revelation that, like, tanking and intentionally losing breeds like a losing culture. And then I had I had people in the replies sending me process guys like no name guys I have no clue who they are there was an article oh it wasn't a losing culture when Hinky was here and just <laughs> really <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's what these people are telling me so um I, yeah it's it's wild um for for Glenn to come out of it on the other side and, and just to you know hash out some things that that people don't want to come to grips with it's funny because like I don't I mean we talked about it here I was never a Glenn Rivers fan, but in terms of this season and what went on, he certainly wasn't the scapegoat in in my eyes or your eyes. And the fact that he says that, I mean, obviously the guy's like a meme, the guy's a joke, all the 3-1 leads he's lost, but he has won a championship. Granted, it was with, you know, some really tough and gritty vets up in Boston. But presumably the guy does know what it takes to get over the hump. And and the fact that that he's saying the exact same things that we've been saying for years is just is just perfect. I mean, that's the problem with these processors is they've never played a sport, they don't know how to win, you know, they're not talented really in anything. So they don't know what what it takes to be successful. You know, they just they just suck down their little PBR, their Pabst Blue Ribbon. You know, they put they put the the oily conditioner in their fucking beards. And they listen to the punk rock emo bullshit. And I've had enough. I've had enough. That that was the other point that, that somebody had replied uh, to me on Twitter at TFTSpod and on Instagram as well. You can follow us. Uh, was like, yeah, of course, you know, we can't blame the the all-time loser coach that, that couldn't get a 50-win team out of the second round. Yeah, let's blame Henke because I wrote in the tweet like, the the, lo- the losing breeds losing and everything like that, but where's the hinky banner? Because like, remember they hung they hung the banner at Xfinity Live like years ago. It was an event, and they're like, they're like, yeah, but you're blaming Hinky. It's like, I'm I'm not I'm not blaming Glenn Rivers. That's for sure. You know, we've recycled different players to mix up and different coaches and different GMs. Never gonna get it done. Never gonna get over the hump. Did you see the protest down in, in Chinatown this week? I did see a little bit of that too. I I, I got to find a way to get down there. Whenever the next protest is, count me in. I'm going to show up with a big freaking sign from 
you know, Party City or Staples, whatever I need to do to go go in there with the sign and just uh, let my let my voice be heard. I think uh, part of that ownership group, you know, we talk about Harris Blitzer, but I think it's Abelman or Edelman. Is that one of the other characters? Yeah, he's a clown. He was on a local show and talked about how if if they if they move downtown to Chinatown, like. We're not going to harm any businesses. We're not going to harm anybody's well-being or, or, or jobs or anything like that. That 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 had me like, oh, really? Sure. Is that so? How, how does that work? Hmm. Sure. How about all the people with the, that work at the Wells Fargo? Seem to seem to me that you're harming harming them. That's that's forty-one and a couple preseason games that that they're out of work. You know, going forward, but. You know we're we're into the summer now. We can we can talk about Bradley Beal and Fred Van Vliet again. He's he's not signing back with Toronto, so let's let's get excited about mixing and matching and reshuffling the deck and, and getting Nurse back to health in October. Yeah, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see that. We gotta find we gotta find like a guy like is uh, I know he's another Toronto guy, but is Pascal Siakam? Available. I'd love to take. He's a dog. Take too. a run at him. Um, what about the guy out in Portland? I heard he wants to maybe go to Miami. Can we get him to Philly? Uh, Who Dame? Dame wants to go to Miami. No, Dame, come to Philly, bro. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Siakam was huge that year. They won the title, but I don't. I don't know what happened to him. If he's like falling off, or if he's an injured guy. You know, a lot of a lot of injured guys these days especially on that that old Toronto team but he he was a dog that year they won. What about Kawhi or Paul George? I mean, they got to be coming up to the end of their deals, right? Yeah, they 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 play about a combined 35 games a year. That's all right. We only need them for like 10 in the playoffs. First round, second round and go home. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so bad. Um Bones the pick of the week. I, I don't have any flowers to give. We'll give our flowers to Denda. Mike Denda took some time. He's across the country at the U.S. Open. We'll get to him shortly. But, you know, it's it's the slow time of year. Stanley Cup final might wrap up tonight. We're here Tuesday night, game five, back in Vegas. Uh, I'm still hanging on to Florida in seven. I think they can push this thing back to back to South Florida for at least a game six. But let's let's do Bones. No flowers. Um and we got we got to talk about this baby Gronk craziness hysteria. This this nine year old fourth grader, you know, the self claimed greatest nine year old football player in the country or in the world, uh, just making the rounds on social media. And he's been guided obviously by his father. Um, I I don't know all the details or all the intricacies, but they talk about how this kid's nine years old. He trains like six days a week. He eats salmon and brown rice, like eats clean. He's lifting, uh, training football. And then now he's like a social media star and, and he's he's baby Gronk. Um, but I guess the dad runs the account. He's a grifter. And he's literally messaging everybody in sports media to collab and let's go viral and let's blow this thing up. This kid's going around like he's a college recruit. He's nine years old. He, he, like he's a high school recruit taking pictures at every school with, with like the jersey and the helmet and the uniform on. It's just really bizarre. Uh, he's he's posting clips of him talking about like your girl. Oh, your girl. 
she says she's doing this, but she's really with me. It's like, buddy, you're nine years old. I don't know what's going on. Can we just give the kid a, a, a happy meal? What do you make of all this bomb? Dude, this is this is the internet at its worst. You have a this is twenty twenty three, dude. Just just is there a button for the internet where we could just we could just turn it off and it and it and it just ends? I'm fully prepared. I'm off Twitter. I'm off Instagram. I'm off Snapchat. I'm off all of it. The only thing I have is Spotify to listen to the pod and the music. I'm off. Is there a way to just 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 turn this internet button? To off and just we'll just start over and just live like we did back in like the 80s and 90s because it's people like this that I can't stand. So you have this goofy father. First of all, do you know do you know Baby Gronk's first name, G? Is it is it Manuel or something? No, no. His last name, I guess, is San Miguel. His first San name Miguel. is fucking Madden. Madden San Miguel is Baby Gronk. It's Baby... I think. I mean, I read that online. I'm, unless I'm getting, like, uh, you know, onioned here. Madden no, San Miguel. So, so, so this dad is probably some loser who played Madden growing up and thought he could pimp his kid out to be, like, this all-star player, over-engineer the kid, names him Madden, now it's Baby Gronk. Where's Gronk on all this? I first I heard this, I thought the kid was a Gronk. He's not a I Gronk. the same thing. Cease and desist. I actually I looked at at the profile. It's it's Madden San Miguel, um, is the name. But it, you can just search Baby Gronk like on Instagram if you if you want to see this this total joke show. Uh, but Gronk actually follows him on Instagram. So like, I don't know if that's if that's a good thing. It's a bad thing. I haven't seen any collabs with Gronk to go viral. But I haven't heard anything out of Gronk. But to use the name with like. A dad who basically, like you said, did a create a player mode with, with his with his young kid, his elementary school kid. He did create a player mode, and, and you know, no nobody's getting in the middle here, dude. He and did you see what he's making a year with all his endorsements and partnerships? Is it like a mill? A hundred thousand dollars a year. See, this is this. I was I was an NIL guy until this story. Okay, I was a big believer in the NIL. This kid can't be eligible. I'm sorry. We need to go back to the old rules. You can't have a nine-year-old making $50,000 more than the median income in the United States because daddy decides to play sports pimp as his job on the internet. I'm sorry. Yeah, the bone isn't with the kid. Like, he, he doesn't know any better. It's it's with the father who's just trying to, you know, use the kid to, to get the clout. It's, dude, it's, it's really, it's really the, the bottom of the barrel of the internet and technology, uh, in today's day and age, man. It's, it's whack. So for some reason that, that LSU gymnast Libby Dunn, she's got like a ton of followers. Like she collabed with them and then he's on podcast talking about how oh, I'm already in her DMS and taking her to prom. This kid is nine years old and this is what the dad's coaching him up to say. Well, I don't. I mean, it sounds like the dad's kind of behind the account as well. I mean, where Libby Dunn presumably is a pretty smart girl. She's got millions of followers, tons of endorsements, brands, deals. Why you would want to, like, collaborate with this absolute lunatic? Like, who's on her team? Who's managing her? Because that person should have been fired yesterday. It's true. Yeah. It's just, the whole thing is just 
so odd and concerning. Um, but I think I think he said he's forgoing like high school and college. It's already been decided at nine years old, and, and he's just going to ch- try to go straight to the league. I guess when he when he's of age, is that even a thing? Don't you do you have yeah, to play yeah, college football? Yeah, you got to be a certain age. I think you got to be like t- age twenty or twenty one. Got to be an age. So he's, he's just going to train and uh, you know check your girl and, and steal your girl for the next eleven years, and then he's going to be in the NFL. So I don't know if this is the same dude. I'm pres- I'm I'm assuming it's the same dude. I just googled the father's name. His name's Jake. San Miguel. <clears throat> Listen to this headline. <laughs> February 14th, 2007. Former Prosper Selena running back charged with steroids possession. <laughs> That's the fucking guy who's the father of his nine-year-old. After suffering a knee injury in the seventh game of the season that kept him, kept him off the field for the rest of the year and dropping out of a Kansas college six weeks into his freshman season, San Miguel found himself back in Collin County and behind bars as he and two friends were caught by McKinney Police Department with needles, syringes, and nearly 300 milliliters of trenbolone acetate, a form of steroids. Seems like a great guy. Seems like a perfect guy we want to be collaborating with and handing out hundreds of thousands of dollars. Can't imagine he's pumping pumping the juice into his nine-year-old son. No shot, right? You, you can't? <laughs> You, you, you didn't you didn't catch my drift there, man. Yeah, that's dude. I, like you hate to you hate to bring it more attention, but like who are we? You know, we're just a couple peasants chopping it up every week. But you, you can't help but notice this shit. It's what stands out in the, the the slow sporting times. Yeah, but that's my point with the Livy Dunn thing. Is like that took what two minutes to Google that the father was charged with steroid possession. Yeah, probably not a good look to collaborate with his nine year old son who's trying to be like you know an all world athlete. She's yeah, she's got to have PR at this point with you know her her following and her brand. So step it up, Livy Team Livy, get get it together. We can't we can't be doing collabs with uh, with creative players at, at nine years old. Um, you're bound to pick of the week, bomb. Yeah, I really hate to go back to the well on this one, but <laughs> it's just it's every day, dude. So I think go on. I think uh, I don't know if we need to create like a separate segment. I know I know we're we're planning to take the month of July off, um, but it just it comes up on bone to pick of the week all the time during baseball season. So I don't know if we need to have like the the Mac of the week or the T Max call of the week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if, we, if we if we just need to build something in every week, we'll we'll be we'll be scratching for bones because this is always at the top of the list. But um, there was a call. Late last night, post NBA Finals, Phillies are on the West Coast, and uh, you know, do you, do you just want me to play it, and then then you can go no, on? Or you want to let, let, uh, let, let me tee it up, and then you can play it, and then I'll discuss why it's so troubling. So the Phillies are in Arizona, late night game, first pitch nine forty. They took a lead, they blew the lead. Arizona's head coach gets kicked out. He's yelling with Real Muto. Real Muto's having a tremendous game. He's got a homer. He's got a triple. He's got a single. And he steps to the plate in the ninth inning. With uh, I, think, I think he leads off the ninth inning. Phillies are down 9-7, so they need two runs in the ninth to tie the game. And uh, here's, here's how T-Mac calls it. He's got a home run, a triple, and a single. It's a two-out base hit. 
That one's out toward left center field. Going back on it is Carroll. It's over his head, and it's off the top of the wall. JT will pull into second base. He's got a cycle. It's the first one for the Phillies since 2004. And for JT Real Muto, it's his first as well. A little history here in the desert for the Phils. Wow, that is amazing. And he gets himself a little slider, and Miguel Castro leaves it out over the plate. He does exactly what you're supposed to do with those hanging sliders, and he crushes it to left center field. Folks, this wasn't a gapper. This wasn't a ball hit down the line. This was a baseball that was at three-quarters of the way up the fucking left center field wall. And this guy is jumping up and down in the booth. Ruben's right there with him. Oh, my God, it's a double. Get over the wall. We're down by two in the ninth. And they're cheering on a cycle. I mean, it's disgusting, G. <laughs> Dude, I had, to, I had to think about this one a couple times because I think you – I was asleep. I did not stay up for the game last night. I, I watched the, the basketball game and then went to bed. But I woke up to your text at like 1231 a.m., <laughs> about this you're like t-max celebrating a cycle and we just lost the game like we're down in the ninth and he's celebrating a cycle like we just hit a walk off and i'm, I'm like all right I, I gotta see this and then i'm i'm on the socials this morning and i saw it and i'm like yeah that's that's a little much that's that's a little much for being down in the game if it was like if there were guys on base and they were rounding and scoring to tie the game or win the game like that energy was probably warranted but like base is empty in a game where you know, you, you need two to tie and three to win. I think I think it was extreme. And, and my thing is, like, I'm fine with the energy if the ball's pulled down the line and it's a and it's and it's you know a clear double. This ball was three feet from getting over the wall, and T, you could tell from T Max call he was wishing that it hit the wall and didn't go over the wall. He didn't want to cut the lead to one. He wanted to see the cycle for history. <laughs> I actually think you're onto something with that because you prefaced it with whatever Real Muto had done earlier in the game. Like, he had a single and a triple, and so, like, yeah. He was more excited that it hit the wall and stayed in the yard than that it went out. Dude, and you know, like, he never calls. He's never that jacked up when a ball goes out because it takes him 10 minutes to call it over the wall. I mean, the, this one, he was right on. Oh, it hits the wall! It hits the wall! Oh, JT! Oh, it's the first since 2004! And the Phillies lose! But JT, oh my God, JT! What do you think, Ruben? Oh, Tom, it's unbelievable! It's unbelievable! I mean, if we could just get another ace and re-sign Cliff Lee, we might have a chance. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Last last week we had the call with the pizza, and then the the ball leaves the yard, and there's an awkward pause, and then he Trey Turner said goodbye to the baseball. Um, man, too good. But the the people on Twitter are all over it too, and like I I've been letting them know, like, hey, check out the show, and they've been showing love and everything like that, retweeting. Um, but I think he he might have made a call last night because, dude, these people, if people think that we are killing T-Mac, you got to go on Twitter and see these people. Uh, but I think when the Phillies lost the game last night, he he might have said, like, and the Phillies win the game 9-8, to eight, but they actually lost the game. <laughs> they were killing him, dude. Dude, he's so bad. It never bad. ends. He's so bad. It's tough. Yeah. So we'll, we'll – uh, We'll examine, you know, we'll examine the um, 
the segments going forward. It might have to be the the Mac of the week, the call of the week, uh, or we'll just we'll just keep funnel it under the the bone segment. But uh, that's it there. Uh, we we've got the United States Open this weekend uh, out in California at L.A. Country Club, uh, and a good friend of ours here at the show, uh, a friend of ours from Lulu Country Club, uh, top local golf instructor Michael Dinda uh, is out there caddying for a fellow by the, another local fellow by the name of Chris Crawford, uh, who qualified for the U.S. Open, uh, but he'll talk about it. You'll hear it. Uh, he's an alternate right now. I think as of as we stand here Tuesday evening. Uh, he's like a third alternate, so just needs a couple couple more shoes to drop, uh, and he's going to get in. But Mike was kind enough uh, to spend some time with me uh, early, early this morning uh, to give us a look inside L.A. Country Club and help us get ready for the U.S. Open. So let's send it over to my conversation with Mike. Yo. Yo. Hey, buddy. Good morning. What's up? Nothing. How are you? Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I got you. What's going on? Going for a walk to watch the sunrise. That's wonderful. Another day in LA. Yep, it's freezing out here too. It's cold, chilly. Yeah, the sun came out yesterday for the first time since I've been here. Yeah, look, I supposedly they've had like two months of doom and gloom out here, just like sixties and cloudy every day. Yeah, I was watching your uh, your Instagram live videos last night. It looked looked like a nice day. Yeah, the sun came out. It was nice. So, what are you? Uh, what are you doing? What are you doing out there? You're out there with Chris. So, Chris is now the fourth alternate. So, we're just praying and crossing fingers that somebody goes Tanya Harding on somebody and gets knocked out. You know, you need a uh, you you need the live guy like you see her to crack Rory's ribs or something. I know. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I was you know, he was he was eighth alternate. I said, you know what? With all this live shit going on, you never know. Yeah, <laughs> and. We can't wait until Tuesday to fly out. Let's take advantage of it. We got somewhat cheap lodging. Yeah, and the USGA gives you ten thousand bucks if you're a qualifier, but if you're an alternate, they give you nothing for travel. So how did he? Uh, and we're talking about Chris Crawford. Is he, he? Is he a Lulu guy? He grew up at Lulu as a junior golfer. He's now he lives in Sarasota because he's playing the Latin Tour. Okay. So, uh, but he's from Ben Salem, same as Makefield. Nice, but he so he qualified, but he's an alternate. Like, how does that work? Like, what did he? How did he get to that point? I guess. Well, I caddied for him last Monday at Canoebrook up in Summit, New Jersey, and uh, we were tied for the last spot. We had a playoff with this guy, and this guy made a nice twenty footer in a playoff for birdie to to get the final spot. So he got the fourth spot, and Chris got the first alternate out of Canoebrook. Wow! So alternates alternates work like this. If somebody from our site withdraws, we're automatically in. Okay. Yeah. There's ten qualifying sites, so um, Chris's site was power ranked eight out of ten, so that makes him eighth alternate. Strength of field makes the power rankings. Right. You uh, did you cat? Is this the fellow that played in a previous U.S. Open and you caddy for him? Yeah. Hey, I recruited him directly. Played in the. He played in two U.S. Opens in 16 at Oakmont, where I caddied, and again in 17 at Aaron Hills. He played in two Opens before he graduated college. That's pretty sweet. Um, 
Yeah, so I guess what's that like? Is he like stressed out? Are you guys stressed out trying to trying to get in, or and if you don't get in, are you just flying out like tomorrow, Thursday, or how's that work? We booked a uh, red eye Thursday night, which we'll gladly change till Sunday night if we get in. Hell yeah, hell yeah. That's what I, I was gonna say. Um, before before I get your thoughts on like the course, what uh, so so as an alternate, you you do get some practice rounds. It looked like you guys were out there a little bit later, a little bit lighter crowd last night. Yeah, so, yeah. So you're allowed to play in, or you're allowed to practice putt, chip, hit, provided there's space, which there was, and you can tee off after twelve, given there's openings. Okay. About back a few years ago, when Brandon Matthews was an alternate. At Marion in 13, you were only allowed to hit balls and putt, no course. Wow. Sucks. That's rough. Throw, right. What if you get in? Yeah. Yeah, if you, you know? get, if you get in, you're hosed. What if you're in the relief pitcher for the Phillies? You go, all right, you can get in now, but you can't warm up your arm. You just got to start pitching. That's kind of BS. That's just USA is not one of my favorite entities. They're a bunch of amateurs. Hey, every everybody's uh, probably not too, too happy with them, I guess, lately, right? Oh, now they're trying to roll the ball back? Give me a break. <laughs> you know what is there of one point point zero 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 one golfers in the world can hit it over 300 and you want to roll the ball back yeah that's that's silly i guess they're accounting for me right me and you <laughs> so you guys get 18 in yesterday we did and the plan was we, we've never seen the course so today we're going to practice eat lunch play nine tomorrow practice eat lunch play nine and keep our fingers crossed what front today back tomorrow? Yep, or yeah. vice versa. Yep. That's so sick. What do you uh, What do you make of the track? Have you been there before? Uh, no, first time. How is uh, it? It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's really. Uh, what was the word I used today to John, yesterday with John McGinnis? They said uh, it's it's uniquely interesting. I forget how to phrase it, but you you wouldn't think it'd be like a major venue. No. Now, I've been to a lot of courses that have hosted majors, and even though LA Country Club is awesome, it just doesn't fit. And Chris is saying the same thing; it doesn't quite fit. Time you guys open, sir. Thank you. Who the hell waits until six thirty to open a coffee shop? What is it like? Too like yuppie out there, or some for major vibes? Or oh. like, how come you're not getting the feels? Just kind of golf course. It's really awesome. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, why don't I have a vibe? It's like it's, it's not giving you the major vibes you were saying. Yeah. I mean, if, if the course does not get firm and fast, 20 under might win. Oh, so you think there's a chance guys could go low? If it doesn't get firm and fast. Now. What, which it's not? USA, uh, right now it's off, but that's Monday. Yeah. Um, the rough is deep. It's... um awkwardly deep in spots. Like, I don't know if you saw the one video I put on the Instagram. Oh, yeah. I dropped it all, and it just went straight to the bottom. It was pretty neat. It's crazy. Uh, the greens are pretty, pretty easy to predict the break. Um, right now, they're stimping about 11 and a half. But if they firm the place up, it might turn into Shinnecock, like the year Phil had the fiasco on that one hole. Because there's a lot of slope in these greens. Okay. Sounds a a little slow, though. Like, we're used to uh, Lou Gusta right now. Oh, my gosh. I played Lugusta on Saturday and got my face beat in. (laughs) And and, and you know I'm a pretty good putter. I had 
12, I use the putter. I use my putter 12 times after four holes. 12 times. Oh, so you, yeah. you, had, you had four three putts to start the day is what well, you're saying. Well, I three putted three putt from the fringe on one for par, which isn't statistically a three putt. Right, right. I two putted from the fringe on two for par, three putted from the fringe on three for bogey, and three putted from the green on the four for bogey. Womp womp. I, I, I love that you call Augusta. I tell my friends that shit, and they crack up. I created that. Yeah. That's <laughs> and the- number six. I made a six and didn't hit a bad shot. <laughs> yeah, it's dude, it's crazy over there right now. Um, L.A. Country Club. So I think I watched like the course flyover. It looks pretty nuts. Uh, hopefully, you guys do get in, but I, 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 I would be scared that you might, you know, jump over the fence at thirteen or fourteen, wherever the the Playboy Mansion is, uh, and, so and leave you, Chris high and dry. So it's on the Makefield Instagram uh, reel, but. He still has a zoo in that property. There was peacocks screaming and stuff. It was pretty neat. Hugh Hef, he's still in there yeah. kicking. I guess, but there was peacocks screeching. Can you see much from the course or not really? What's that? Can you see much of it from the course or not really? Oh, hell no. There's so many thick bushes and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. that makes sense, but I figured maybe LA Country Club, like pretty exclusive place. Hugh doesn't care if people over there see, but that nah, makes sense. Um yeah, I watched that course fly over like on YouTube. I think Golf Digest had it. it was interesting. Looks like a pretty wild track. The first hole looks pretty gettable, and then after that, it looks a little tough. What do you think? I mean, one is definitely gettable, and it's pretty neat where they put the tee. They put the tee right up against the uh, the dining room back porch on the putting green, so that the tee is really on the putting green. Reminds me of Marion when you're teeing off at Marion number one when. You hear the forks flying around on the plates, and then all of a sudden they all stop when you start to waggle, and everything turns quiet, and you got to hit. Yeah, I, w- um, I wouldn't know. Yeah. Well, anyway, number one's pretty simple. Just smash it down the right, smash it up the right side, and two putt for your birdie, and go on. Um, now, uniquely, some of the part of three has played 290 and 287, but one hole Chris hit a three iron from 290, and that went 30 yards long, because it's all downhill down went. Okay. So when they say it's two ninety par three, don't don't throw your arms up in the air and scream, you know, uncle or whatever. But yeah, and then isn't one of those followed or preceded by like a three hundred yard par four? Yes, and that's we're not going to try to drive that one. We just no. decided stupid. We're going to dump it out to the left with a five iron and leave ourselves sixty or seventy yards. The green is only about. Uh, from the tee, it's from the tee from the tee box. It's on a forty-five degree angle, and it's, you can't see it. It's forty yards right of this tree. You got to hit this ball forty yards right of this tree, and it appears like you're dead, but it ends up you're in an oasis of greenness. And but it's just there's so much bunkers around it and deep fescue that the smart play over four days would be five iron left by John, play the hole in for a 12, 15 shots, and get out of dodge. Yeah. You know, you think that'll be standard play for these guys, or you think no, they'll be bombing it? Yeah, they have big balls, so they're going to go for it. But if you miss, you're kind of hosed, right? Those guys don't think like that. I think that's why they're champions. <laughs> go, go big or go home, or as as my uncle likes to say, swing hard in case you hit it. Swing hard in case you hit it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can stick out the Brooks here or DJ just hitting the driving iron on the green. It's only two. 
it's 290 front and it plays down 20 so that's 270 you know yeah it's that's not too bad for for those guys and basically you have a backboard to the right with the grandstand so if you flare one 40 yards out to the right <coughs> there's no out of bounds you're going to catch a grandstand and get a kick back towards the green I was I was watching that uh, Canadian Open on Sunday, and Tommy Fleetwood hit one over the right field fence, and and then they're like, "Yeah, he just drops and hits the next shot." Yep. yep. I totally forgot, kind of forgot about that rule, but I was like, "How can you just sail one in uh, out of the yard and, and not take a stroke?" But where did, where did it end up? Probably in the grandstand. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I I, th- I think that one's got to be examined, but. Um, so I've been to all three majors this year. Uh, Augusta as a spectator. Um, well, as a spectator and a brand ambassador for Makefield. Then we went to Oak Hill and Rochester to help support Braden Shattuck. He's a Makefield user. And this week I'm a Makefield ambassador and a caddy for Chris and a coach for Chris. That's awesome. So three half weeks. Well, hopefully Chris will get in. I want. I want to. See, I want to see you out there. I got a call into Jeff Galuli. He might not be old enough, but back in the day, there was an ice skating drama with Tanya Harding and uh, Nancy Kerrigan. Look it up. Okay. Yeah, I got I got to check that out. I'm not familiar. What? Look up Jeff Galuli, Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan. But I'm not going to do that in case somebody goes down. Don't put this online yet. Okay. <laughs> not a coffee shop in sight in this little podunk Santa Monica town. You got a, you got any other thoughts on the course or on the week? It's got it's got a firm I mean, firm up. Be, you, you think they're going to go low if it's if it's the way it is now? Well, stays as is. I mean, twenty under could win, but it's the USGA. Um, I won't speak badly of them since this is being recorded. So <laughs> things are going to get firmer and faster overnight. And the smell of weed is blowing around the streets here in Santa Monica. It's L.A., baby. And, I've been to Santa Monica. 557. It's an interesting little town. It's really neat. Is it, so is that like an insult you think like you're you know you're more in touch with uh the high level golfer than me like if this course plays easy you think people will be like pissed off? Why? 20 under at a US Open isn't it supposed to be hard? Yeah, everybody wants to see a train wreck, don't they? Yeah. I want to see it play fair and play um I, I want to see it play fairly fair, difficult. I don't say fairly difficult, but fair. Not like Lou not, Gusta. Not, not, yeah, not, not like number six at Lou Gusta or that one year at Shinnecock when they lost control of the golf course and Phil hit the moving ball. Remember that? Yep. Or John Daly at Pinehurst. Remember he lost his stuff the year Phil or uh, Payne won. So let me ask you this. You're a coach. How do you, how do you, if you got to hit like a, whether it's a chip shot around the green or a full shot out of that rough that's four inches deep, how do you coach that up? Uh, as you saw the Instagram yesterday, Chris, I taught Chris a chop and stop shot 15, not 15, 10 years ago at Drexel. Open the face wide open, pick it up steep, chop down on the back of the ball and just recoil the club back. Chop and stop, baby. Look at look at the um, – it, it was either Dinda Golf Instagram uh, reel or um, Makefield Instagram, but I dropped the ball. It went to the bottom, and you just did chop and stop, and it comes out. But you have to have the courage to do it. You guys would choke and slow down and decel, 
stand up and just catch the, uh, the equator of the ball and send it zinging across the green. I mean, if I was at L.A. Country Club, I might, but I got hands, man. They just might not fly <laughs> across the country. <laughs> you got to see this walk I have to the beach now. It must be a 500-foot drop. Yeah, post it up. We'll uh, we'll we'll let the people know to follow follow you, Dinda Golf, on Instagram, right? Wow, and there's homeless people sleeping on the beach. That's fine. It's a it's a two for one special in LA, right? You get great views, but Shit. also got to deal with one. the city. Yesterday um, was funny too when I walked down here. Just a bunch of people, obviously on some help, need some help, but they're screaming the f word out loud at the top of their lungs. Yeah, and, and talking to themselves. It's it's sad, it's sad. Yeah. Um. Any uh any celeb sightings out there thus far? You ch- chatted it up with anybody? Golf celebs or like Cheryl Crow or Harrison Ford celebs? I mean, I guess we'll go golf because that I've, you know you're at that's easy. You're yeah, at that's the open. Easy. So do we? Uh, yeah, I mean everybody's here, so it's no big thing. No, you're, you're, I, you're, I just, you're, you're you're just part of the crowd, man. I watched John Rahm. He ties his shoes the same way I do, one at a time. Love that. He hit balls right next to us yesterday. I tell you what, he has a linebacker's ass. He's got a big body, this guy. Yeah, he's a thick boy. Huge, thick, and his backswing's shorter than mine, and he collects so much speed from three, not even three-quarter back. Just wham, that kid's fast. Sick, right? Um, do you want to place a bet? I would bet on Brooksy. He's on fire, man. He should have won the Masters. He, was, he won the PGA. Won the <clears throat> yep, and I saw him yesterday. Somebody said something to him, and there was just this look in his eyes of focus. But they all had that look. Sure. Now he, you know, you know, you can tell he's healthy now, and he's he's a big time player. You know, he shows up for these things. So I I don't know who I'm gonna bet. I'm gonna re- record the rest of this podcast either later tonight or or tomorrow. We'll get it out, and I, I'll give my picks. But it's hard. It's hard not to like Brooks or or Scotty. Obviously, the favorites, but those, oh, and those guys just pound away. I don't want to rat Scotty out, but he's not this holy Christian fellow. He throws off on TV. I heard him drop three f bombs on the putting green the other day. <laughs> he's not goody two shoes <laughs> like he's advertised as. Correct. <laughs> We're all human, man. Right. And uh, which Harmon's son, Claude Harmon, has a nickname, Fraud Harmon. Fraud Harmon. <laughs> That's pretty. That's pretty good. Um, I didn't make it. I heard it from. I heard it from a different player. Yeah, you didn't make it up. We won't. We won't put Ooh. that on you. But dude, that's that's so sick. You're just. Uh, you know, you're in. You're in at L- LACC. You're in it at the U.S. Open this week. Hopefully, you and Chris get in. We'll be pulling for you over the next uh, few hours. Anything else you want to share with with the podcast, the listeners, the people before I let you go? I, I will state this: the USGA, as much as I despise them, they were very. They're very cordial to us, even though we're alternates. I got a caddy gift bag of epic proportion. There's a caddy player dining area last night after our work. Um, I did slug a few cold adult beverages, uh, food, anything you want. Amos made the order. Chicken salad sandwich with Sanam. Uh, free parking for caddies right on site. So in that regard, they're putting on a great show. You're living the dream, man. That's awesome. I saw you. I saw you drinking the uh, the smart water on the course out of the aluminum bottle, and then you were you were hoping for some some Miller times. We we kept we kept thinking every time we reached for the 
aluminum bottle of smart water. I was like, why does it feel like I'm drinking a Coors Light? <laughs> That's L.A., baby. Yep. All right, bud, I got to go down this mountain. I'm going to dip my toes in the water. All right, well, th- thanks for uh, taking some time with us, man. I appreciate it. Have a great week, and I'll probably see you back at the Lou. At Lou Gusta, right, baby. Mike. Lou Gusta. Thanks, Mike. Bye. Thank you. See ya. And we'll say thanks again to Mike Dinda for joining the show. Uh, always a few few laughs with that guy. And uh, like I said, ho- hopefully him and Chris get in and get a chance to compete uh, with the big dogs at the U.S. Open this weekend out at L.A. Country Club. Uh, five par threes this week, a couple playing like over 250. There's a there's a 295. There's, a I think, a, a 280 or a 270. So a couple big ones. There's a gettable par four we talked about that might be drivable for some guys. So five par threes, three par fives. Uh, par 70 bomb. There might even be, depending on where they put this flag. I think the Saturday flag on on the short par three might only play 75 to 80 yards. So, you know, I challenge those guys at the U.S. Open to try to make an ace. <laughs> yeah, and we'll see if they call it legitimate. We'll see. Yeah, right. Uh, Brooks Kepka did his interview today, and he, he dropped a little – Little zinger in there saying he'd see everybody at the Travelers next weekend. So might be some moving parts after the U.S. Open here with with the PGA and the PIF and the Live. Uh, Totally in flux right now, but I think we're in for for a great U.S. Open. Uh, You got your top dogs uh, in Scheffler and Brooks and Rahm and Rory kind of at the top of the uh, the odds board there. Uh, But do you have a selection uh, for the U.S. Open this weekend, Bob? Let me give you my selection, and then let me give you my no bet. Or if you do bet them, bet them. I don't know if you can even get this, a top 10 finish with, with, a, with a loss, non-win. The guy who, without a doubt, will not win this is Xander Shoffley. Biggest fraud I've ever seen in my life. This is all he does. He shows up to these things. I think he's at plus 2,100. Everybody throwing money on him. Do me a favor. If you want to put money on Shoffley, just take your wallet out right now as you're listening to this. Take the $20 right out of your clip and light it on fire. Uh, I'm going to take Cam Smith. Uh, I don't know. I just think the hair plays out in L.A. The flow, the Aussie vibes, the flat stick gets going, man. You could just see this guy getting hot. Dude, it's so crazy that you say that. We we did not discuss our picks before the podcast. Uh, I'm on Cam Smith as well. I I, I didn't place place the wager yet. If we're both on it, it's he, he's. It's probably a missed cut, um, but no, I, I'm in the same boat. I, I think he's vibing. You know, he vibes out there in L.A. I think it's like this this quirky, like crazy kind of course, slopey. You know, there's a lot of uh, slopey greens, hilly greens. Like guys are gonna have to hit kind of creative shots, and I think like he's just kind of made for that. And he's like cream, man. He rises in these big events. He he's he's always in contention, I feel like. Always shows up. Um and I, I saw him hit a bomb like in a live event probably like a month ago and I was like, oh yeah, he's back. He he's good to go. So I'm I'm on Cam Smith as well. And e- even though we, we joked about it, I'm I'm still gonna fire. Yeah, and I happen to think if you're gonna if you're gonna gamble on a couple different guys, take all live golfers. They had a massive, you know, week. Um I'd expect PGA guys to be down in the dumps talking about, oh, we need we have another players meeting. We have another meeting. You know, look for Rory Mistcott. He's a bum. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I I did some reading and, and listened to some stuff and you know, pe- people were talking about Jordan Spieth, like, does, does he have a chance? And then they're like, well, you got to hit the fairway at this place. And then I just immediately think like, yeah, then he, he doesn't have a chance. Like you heard, like you didn't hear it yet, but Dinda kind of talked about it's, it's not firm and fast, not yet. And he, and he thinks guys could, could potentially be able to get after it and, and put some low scores out there. Um, but I still think like the fairways are gonna be tough to hit. The greens are going to, some of the greens are gonna be tough to hit. Like, you need guys that are willing to just kind of grind it out. And obviously you can you can talk about Brooks Kepka and what he's been able to do lately. You can talk about Scheffler, number one player in the world. But you, you got to look down the board a little bit. Uh, I love how Hovland's played this year, but like Cam Smith just catches my eye. He shows up when the going gets tough, Cam Smith gets going. That's why we're going to fire on him this week. Let's go. I also happen to think, you know, that traditionally the U.S. Open, thick, rough, wedge game in and around the greens, probably leaving you a longer putt than normal, you know, normal tour conditions. So who's got the flat stick? It's Cam. Give me give me that guy. Yeah, I just I kind of just like his game when like things get a little unorthodox. And I think it's going to be unorthodox this week. We talked about the long par threes, the short par four. You know, they're talking about par 70 and par this and par that, but a lot of the talk also has been, like, some of these holes are going to be par three-and-a-halves or par four-and-a-halves, like, realistically, when you look at, like, segments of holes. So, it's it's unorthodox, uh, tough conditions, at least with the rough. We'll, we'll see if how the greens and the fairways shake out, but uh, the, the the L.A. flow, man. I was going to go with, with Colin Morikawa. I was kind of looking at him, too, but I just feel like he hasn't shown up in a minute. Nah, he's probably in a meeting right now with Adidas picking out his his fucking outfit for the week. Yeah, I saw he posted something on Instagram. I forget with who, you know, like a little putting video. And I don't know if it was Macklemore or or somebody. I would have to pull it up. But, yeah, he was doing a little content piece. I need need guys that are all business this week. Yeah, get, Uh, get the Fosters, head out to the beer distributor, get the Fosters on ice, get ready to go. Yep, the, the dirt stash and the mullet, baby. Let's rock. Um, anything else to get to this week? That's all I got, Jay. All right. Uh, I'll give a shout-out, obviously, to Menard, Menard Premium Detailing. I'm rocking the shirt from the event this past weekend. Great fundraiser. Good fun was had. The beverages were flowing. The food was there. A lot of sick cars. So we'll, we'll keep everybody posted on, on the next event. If you're, you're a car buff, you got to get out to, to tacos and tailpipes, uh, in Warminster next time around. But I don't think I have anything else. We'll cheer on the Cam Smith, Cam Smith ticket. And we'll talk to everybody next week. Thanks again, Dinda.